Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of Nerds in the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, movie reviews, and events. Hopefully soon, like always, we say every week, happening in and around Central Florida, please. As always, this is your host, Tony, with our boy, Nix. Hello. Hello. How do you do? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How's it been, bro? It's good. Been like leaving my house more often. Oh, you have? Actually wasted gas now. Oh, because of work, but not just because of personal, though. Of course, because of work. <laughs> if it's personal, you just like, I'll just stay home. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you don't understand. I actually kind of, by nature, I think like I'm what's called an omnivert. Like I'm mm-hmm. good in crowds and I'm good by myself. But I think naturally I always just default to introvert. Mm-hmm. Introvert. Yeah, dude. I just yeah. Oh, you mean I just spend all day by in my house? I'm good with that. I like that. That's a good idea. You're cool with it. Yep. I'm cool like that. I'm fly like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been a crazy week in the world because the thing in Beirut happened a few days ago. That was insane. I was watching photos. That mushroom cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you know prayers go out to those people and everybody that has to deal with that and the first responders. As a quick note to that, yeah, but other than that, it's a lot of things ha- like were announced recently, like mm. unexpectedly. Like what? Uh, the bi- One of the biggest one was Mulan is coming straight to streaming mm-hmm. and uh, through Disney Plus, but they have a caveat, which I, I'm not sure if they're confirming it, but I think it is. It's $30 yeah. for to watch the movie. Which makes sense. Which I understand because thirty bucks is reasonable. That's like going to people going to the movies, which I understand. Uh, one condition I was trying to understand, I was trying to read to see they haven't gave the full details of it, mm. um, because um, like Prime, they have it. You pay twenty, ten bucks, whatever yeah. for a movie rental, yeah. and you get it for twenty four hours. Yeah. Is this that you buy the movie or you no, automatically so. unlock it to not own the movie, but you automatically unlock it? Unlock into your Disney Plus package account, account mm. that you can see it as many times as you want whenever, or is it you have a limited time and then it stays there until they fully officially release it onto the basic I'll Disney be Plus you, program? The only way, because remember, no matter what, it's not about making money. It's about making the money they anticipated, yeah. right? And I think the only way that that's even remotely possible um, where they can get to at least a level where it's close enough, where it's beneficial to them, would be if they would do a, a one-time viewing or maybe 24-hour release um, yeah. of the movie and um, just kind of like you can watch it for 24 hours or whatever and then it disappears and it doesn't actually get into the full cast of it until like a year later only because that's the only way they're going to actually like enjoy it, profit from it. But otherwise, I don't think it's going to necessarily work. But um, honestly, what I think it's going to do also is going to open up a kind of like a a situation where kind of like, you know, when you have a bunch of kids and you give one kid an allowance and not the other ones, everybody's going to start asking, well, why Mulan and why not Black Widow and why not, um, you know, uh, New Mutants and why not A, B, C and D? So it's gonna it really opened them up to a lot of criticism for it. Yeah, but that's one thing that they were talking about that now that this movie's being released, uh, they're gonna release um, Black Widow on streaming too. But the uh, question is why why Mulan and not anything else? No, because I, the way I was thinking was Mulan is the only one that I think has definitely a um, a strong market um, in the Chinese market, which is I know is a huge uh, movie market because they only release a certain amount of movies per year there. So and they're I believe they're already going to the movies at that point over there. So I think this is kind of like a way to kind of save it in a sense, because if they release it over there and they don't release it here, then I think their fear is they're just going to end up here, you know, via, you know, bootleg. So this is kind of a way to kind of get in front of that. So it's like they release it in China so they can make the money that they anticipated there. And but they release it to us via this method so that they can recoup anything they might have lost because they cannot 
I released it in one, not the other. Yeah, but they already re- that's the thing that they already released it in China. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, it's just early March. It's kind of like a like a um like a re-release. No, and I don't like, know if they want to challenge stepping it. in front, like stepping, sending, like the, the thing is, think about this. Let's say you always want to watch this movie. Now it's gonna come like because it's in China. There's a good chance that somebody's already got it somehow bootlegged, and okay. it's gonna hit that market really quickly. So either you're a person who's not into that or doesn't know how to do that. But you're going to do it just because you want to watch this movie or they're going to release it like, you know, something I'll pay the 30 bucks. So I think this is a way for them to step in front of it before they lose that that revenue. Yeah, no, um, that's that's very accurate with that. And like I was just mentioning earlier that they did. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Black Widow. They were already saying that they're going to there because people were a lot of Marvel fans were like, if you're going to release Mulan on streaming. No, no, it, it opens up that whole, you know, kids thing it was like. Why are you giving, you know, Sally $15 on allowance and you haven't given me anything? Everybody's going to be like, why not this? Why not that? Why not A, B, and C? The one thing do I, I do think it's smart with what they're doing is they're releasing it to only Disney. Yeah. So, because what that does is that, so it's $30 to rent it, right? And I guarantee you, I mean, there's no way it's going to be more, like, keep it in your library. It's going to be 24 hours. Because think about it, your kids are going to want to watch it, maybe they're going to want it multiple times. So why lose that? Why lose that additional income? Yeah, so they're gonna be like, oh, you can rent it now, twenty four hours, and then rent it another time over and over, whatever. But um, I honestly don't think it's gonna be released into like Disney Disney's Plus library library permanently. So like like a year. Yeah, no, easy. Um, how, what, but no. then mm-hmm. it then they I think this would be great to test the market and, and the way that you want it. That yeah. now they could do a lot of exclusive or like. Star Wars movies because well, it's already seen in the foreseeable future. I mean, there's that a bunch theaters- of things that, that has been already been recorded. They're already done, but they don't want to release. Think about it. Like, how many movies were we supposed to get since this whole pandemic started? I mean, I remember oh, a uh, ton. Exactly. So crazy amount. So the thing is, is that they're they're afraid of losing the revenue. Now, if they see that Mulan does well enough that let's say they maybe get sixty percent of what they originally initially believed they were going to make. Yeah, I think it's worth it for them. It might be worth the risk because it's either that or nothing. Yeah, no, of course, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's better than them getting sixty and then they put it into another, another uh, country or another region of the country and coming back to us when they try to release it. But like they say, pirating. But that's what and people is- watch it and they'll lose get thirty percent. So like like you said, they're getting a step of it. But um, this is a great way. Like I was saying, to test the market. Because this will set them up for future movies, like almost like Amazon Prime. They'll have their exclusive Disney Disney properties yeah. that they'll be able to release. Then now, th- with that, going into that, it's now um, theaters are uh, losing, are already seeing that that um, they're not going to be open until probably next year. There's the way no, that's it's most looking. guaranteed. That's and who's capitalizing on that, which is funny, which I was going to get into, yeah. was Walmart. So Walmart is initiating initiating a Walmart drive-in um, uh, program, and it's gonna run from August twelfth to October. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna go through one hundred and sixty stores nationwide: uh, Texas, California, Florida, and I think another state. I think maybe New York. And they're gonna turn in their drive their their parking lots to a drive-in theater. Uh, for certain times, so they're gonna have Walmart drive drive in. Yeah, but the thing is, Walmart drive Walmart parking lots are open, like generally just wide open, which means that they're gonna. I think it has gonna, to be free. I uh, think. yeah, I would imagine it would have to. That's that's what they're trying to initiate. I don't know how they're gonna accomplish that because if anybody has access to drive in and watch it, then here's another interesting thing is. I'm I'm literally just thinking about it in my head, and none of the parking spots that go to a, a Walmart, the, anywhere that I've ever been, aim at the building. No, they don't. But I think they I think they're, <laughs> I think they're gonna build something. I don't know if they're gonna. I just I just I'm just like thinking about the. I think that what they might do is uh they might block off a parking section. Like mm-hmm. let's say they like you know how like on um. Most WalMarts they'll they'll close down the mm-hmm. home goods side and leave the grocery side open of that entrance. I mm-hmm. think they might close that side, block it off, and then just have an attendant line everybody else like perpendicular to what the parking structure would normally be at, so they 
facing the wind, the mm-hmm. I guess one of the big walls, and they'll play, project it from there. Yeah. So then I don't know how they're gonna implement a process because everything would either have to be through the radio, or a loud ass speaker. Then everybody could watch. I feel like people have been scrambling for that since the pandemic started. Like trying to initiate a drive-in theater, and the thing is, there's drive-in theaters that still exist. The question is, are they? seeing a growth in profit like are they seeing money because i i still i still feel i I know drive-ins seem like the initial like that's the savior thing but it still feels uncomfortable like you're still in a car so you're subject to having to look it through your windshield you know and are you sitting in the front seat the back seat like i don't know i'm just in my head i'm like i still feel like it would be way more comfortable to watch it from home yeah no definitely and I think that they're just trying to capitalize because people want to go out the house but don't want to be in social settings. They want to be in their car, like. I think that I think <laughs> I think people go out just to go. I know people that they're like, I just mm-hmm. want to go for a drive just to get out the house and mm-hmm. just. I do that on the weekends. I, I tell my wife, I'm like, because I work from home, and I'm like, I need to step out. I need. Well, to drive step. is one thing because I do my yeah. walks and I do yeah. I do drive like like drives with no direction in mind. But I don't know something about it. Just no. I think they just want to because there's gonna. They know they have uh, of people that want to go out mm-hmm. because most uh, either you're back in the office or if you're not, you're working from home. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, things that would can be considered social gatherings. Well, in Orlando, bars mm-hmm. are still closed uh, for the most part. Which I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, bars and clubs, uh, according to the mayor, especially is not going to open until they have a vaccine. Exactly. So yeah. Until uh, yeah. So. Is, is going to hit a lot of small businesses and small bars to to function with the breweries too, but um, mm. so yeah, so with like especially in Orlando, so if mm. it's eliminating a lot of social, uh, a lot of uh, social interactions people would normally do pre-pandemic or pre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're trying to get out the house, they're trying to find out something, they're trying to give them something that that they're to be out the a- house and not be in the house, and I think that is a way they're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to be successful with it. I know the one we mentioned several times before, mm-hmm. the swap shop at South Florida, they have their own drive-in. I know at one point they they were discussing about closing that portion of the business down mm-hmm. a couple years ago because a lot of people were not going. But that's what I'm saying is that like... And I feel business is picking up there because people like every weekend could just go and pay three bucks to watch a movie. I don't know, man. I'm just... I guess I'm oh, still not skeptical. now because a lot of movies are not out. But. I'm just skeptical with the whole thing. Um, I I would have to see because again I'm I'm have no no desire to go back to the movie theater right yeah. now, no to like in the near future whatsoever. But it'd be interesting to see alternatives that they might offer just to see how they would want it. But drive-ins, because you know what it is, even if you think about the old school drive-ins, I still see a bunch of people like walking around. So it's not it's not necessarily like excluding the possibility that you can never, like people are not going to interact. So the whole point is to to keep away from people, but like social distance stuff like that. But people still like when I, when I picture driving in my head, I picture people parked and watching, but then still walking around, maybe going to another car to talk to somebody, going to the bathroom, going to the to the yeah. food store, like whatever. I don't so, know if they might have something that they'll just have an intent to just walk up to you and be like, oh, which, what do you want? That is my biggest shock that that has not been a rising business. Like, um, like Sonics. Well, Sonics like that, 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 because obviously that's, that is a very old school format. That's obviously one of the first formats that there was for, for fast for restaurants like that. They, that you just park and somebody would come take your order and bring you the food and you kind of just eat in your car right then and there. Yeah. Which, that's what I'm saying. That kind of thing, I'm really surprised that's not something that happens. Like, think about it. Most if most places did that. Like, most businesses, restaurants, stuff like that, started doing something like that where they would give you a tray that maybe you can adapt to your car or whatever. And just, like, maybe it sits outside your window. We're and back you... at the 50s. <laughs> Literally. That's what I'm saying. But think about the, the 50s might have had might have had some good ideas when it comes to that stuff. Because think about it. We're going back to driving theaters, which was something that was what? I don't know where it originated, but it was something that you see in like old movies. So it could have been maybe the early 50s, 60s, maybe early early 70s um, that that was a popular thing. So And then the whole um, come to your car uh, uh, driving yeah, dining areas. Hmm? They're around the same time, too, in the 50s. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they were adapting these old school methods. methods. 
So yeah. again, that's why I'm surprised restaurants don't do that. Like where they just have attendants come out in the middle of the outside and just kind of take orders and maybe uh, make trays that people can eat out. I don't know. Yeah. It's just an interesting concept that I'm surprised people haven't really tried to capitalize on. True. But uh, all right. So mm-hmm. continuing with Disney. Yes. Um, they, they, they're rumors. Yes. Um, well, this is not a rumor. They're Robert Zemeckis is working with Disney to do a Pokemon, uh, I think, uh, Pinocchio live action. Another one. So wait, is this going to be Pinocchio cartoon live action? I, cause that's what, when I hear live action, especially cause, okay. That's the thing with Disney. Cause remember we had this discussion. A lot of Disney movies are based on super old, uh, stories like yeah. from Germany or however, um, so Pokemon, I mean, uh, uh, Pinocchio is not necessarily a new story, but I know Di- uh, Disney did their own version of Pinocchio, uh, which I'm not sure how close it is to the original. Um, however, if that's what you're saying, they're going to do live action to that one now with that age. Well, I'm not sure. Cause then that movie have a lot like the, one of the premise is like all these kids go to this island and smoke and drink and all this stuff. I don't remember the original story. That's what it was. A lot of I, kids. I, I, I don't. But the what mm. they would did the rumor is going around is that they're in talks of uh, having Tom Hanks play as Chapetto, uh, which that would bring a lot of a lot of charisma into that character. With yeah. with, with Tom Hanks, it's so funny because it's like Tom Hanks is like that one guy you call if you want to. Hey, we need to have somebody who everybody's gonna love as a father figure. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. That's, <laughs> that's your go-to. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, of course. Yeah. Like, who would uh, be your second? Who would be your second? Who can play that fatherly role like that? Yeah. Who would be your second? Oh, I mean, Let's okay. See. So Tom Hanks is yeah. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, but I'm thinking about like it has to be a little. Geppetto's always to me is always like that sweet old man. Um, I think I have one in mind. Like you got to think about the, the like a nicer version of the guy from Up. A nicer um, <laughs> version of from up. Um, I don't know, because obviously, you know what it is now is that like now we have to look at actors differently because the actors we grew up with, as far as action heroes, are in their are getting to that age now. Like, think about it. Like, you know, how old is Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise has to be late fifties, early sixties by yeah. now. So you know, so like we're thinking, but now we gotta start rethinking about who's these old people. <laughs> well, I have my grandfatherly role. Who's your grandfatherly role? Because that would be it was a uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, who's just uh, Gandalf. Gandalf. I just he might be too old. Like that's the thing is we think about uh, uh, that character as an older man, but I'm like, he's a huge, too he's, old. He's to way too old, but he could still play it though. I think. You think so? That, yeah. Easy. Easy. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Hmm. Well, if you want... All right. Let's, let's say if you want to go younger than Ian McKellen... Ooh. That would be a rough one. Ooh. 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 Uh, um, let's go. Let's see. Obi-Wan. Um, Jude Law? No. Is that Jude? Jude Law's not... Um, no, uh, not Jude Law. Um... I'm, I don't even... Why did they even say Jude Law? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you gave me that. Uh, no, because you said McGregor. Uh, isn't his, his name McGregor? Um, isn't he oh McGregor? You McGregor? Is it you? Is it what's his name? The guy who played Obi Wan, the one who played yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, uh, and McGregor. Yeah, you and McGregor. I like him. I think he would be a great Geppetto. You think he would be a great Geppetto? Yes. I, he has very he get he get that yeah. that weirdly soulful like you know concerned look in his yeah I guess yeah. And yeah. he's young enough, and he's father figure enough. I could say, yeah, because okay, you, or Liam Nielsen. He's kind of rough edged, but I could still see a softer side of him. You're thinking Love Actually now? Yeah, I'm thinking Love Actually. That's that. <laughs> that's what I'm going with on that. When it when I think um, you see, if you think about it, and, and and this is so weird, they really have to. Because okay, we're making live action now. This is the thing. There's certain things that never play well when live action. Like it's a difficult transition right because think if you really really think about the role it's about an old man who wants a little boy now that that ha- that story's never been i don't think it's ever really been like flushed out or justified or anything like that but cartoon you could play it off but live action you have to justify that or else it looks creepy well maybe that he lost his son well that, no that's what i'm saying that would be that the, that's that, where that, you got to flush those characters out because 
It has to be like in a, cartoon. A, you don't really have to do those things. You have to flush out characters like that because you know it's it's just it's more it's always wholesome because it's a cartoon. But live action, you always have to kind of have that that gentle you know kind of justification. Yeah. So it doesn't you know it doesn't, doesn't appear weird. Yeah. Yeah, but that would be the only. One of the only ways uh, he probably made the puppet look like yeah, his he lost son. his son, or maybe he lost you know him and his wife never had a kid, and he yeah. you know stuff like that, something like, that that resembles what their kid would look like exactly. Or we maybe just made, just, we just made the movie for them, the beginning, the go. first That's the right. first ten minutes. That's hey right. Disney, you're welcome. That's screenplay right there. I want my screenplay <laughs> credits right there. Yeah, <laughs> I want my screen credits on that <laughs> one right there. Just intro only. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I ever wanted Pinocchio as screen credits. Hey, you never know. It might lead to something else. Uh, there you go. Yes. So Who would you know. want as a kid, though? I mean, I don't know. Like, but it would be a kid that's only going to come onto the scene like the last like I five feel like minutes. Every kid, I mean, every kid now is like a giant. But um, no, I know which one I want. Um, he was one of the guys I was picking for when we were doing the casting for Once Bitten. Um, he was, um, I think his, his name is Glecken. Um, he did that movie with. Uh, I think it was something behavior. Oh, I'll tell you right now, because he's on my search. Which one? Um, he did a he did a, a once bitten. No, when we were doing the casting for once bitten, he was one of my choices. He was one of your choices. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, wait, I don't remember who was he going to play. He was going to play the main guy. Uh, but the, he was a really young guy version of him. Um, like how young? Like early teens? You know, no, he's like he's got to be at least. Like eighteen, nineteen, maybe, okay. but he still looks like a like a little kid. All right, all right. Um, but I don't know who I would pick. It's oh, uh, Griffin Gluck. Griffin Gluck. Let me yeah. see a picture of him. Like, let's Griffin see, Gluck. let's see. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's way what? older, but okay. Yeah, but he looks. I mean, yeah. he looks like that character. He looks, he looks like, like Pokemon. He, I mean, like Pokemon. He, he, like he looks Pinocchio. like Pokemon. Yeah, okay. Looks like Pinocchio. <laughs> I don't know. He just does. But, uh, um, yeah. So that's that's uh, going on with that, but yeah. So so we have Tom Hanks rumored, but backup should be either Ewan McGregor <laughs> or Ewan Cullen. Okay. Yes. But what's next? Is- no, no, wait, wait. You forgot one very important role. Who? Seriously, like the most iconic role in Disney when it comes to that, D- Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Who would I voice? Jack Black. <laughs> Yeah, easy. Jack Black is Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, interesting. That's that's can't go wrong with that. It just but he seems like the little devil on your shoulder rather than the little conscious on your shoulder. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Though I would want somebody like panicky, someone who sounds like Mort from Rick and Morty. Who? Like somebody who just sounds like that that gives off that like wait wait. wait. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe like like you gotta have a super panicky voice for that. Oh, okay. It would be, um, it would be the uh, comic owner in uh, uh, the, uh, the Big Bang Theory. The comic owner. The comic book owner. Oh, uh, I forgot his name, but I know what you're talking about. I can see that. I can see him playing that. Yeah, I can see that. What's his name? Uh, Kevin Sussman. Sussman. Oh my god! It just made me think of somebody, but he he wouldn't be perfect for that. But it would just be such a contrast to the character because obviously Jimmy Cricket is a conscious whatever. Yeah. Um, but my boy Jason Manzuka. Uh, Jason Manzuka? Yes. <laughs> he's he'll be worse than Jack Black. I know that's what I'm saying. He's very contrary to the, yeah. the character. But anyways, continue. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure we catch that because that's the most the three main um, characters, characters yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next thing was uh, I wanted to talk about is uh, Ninja yeah. twitched for the first time since uh, mixed uh, twi- uh, streamed on Twitch because he streamed on YouTube mm-hmm. a few weeks prior, but he did did his first stream on Twitch mm-hmm. since the whole thing with Mixer ending. Yeah, and. It had like it, it garnished like a hundred thousand people coming to watch, and it stayed at around averaging sixty thousand. So people he never watching. lost his popularity. Um, I don't know how much he was averaging when he was with with Mixer. And well, I mean, I well, I back, what about what back when he was with Twitch before? Uh, I don't remember because I would watch. I I wasn't watching Twitch as much at mm-hmm. that time. I just knew about him, but yeah. So they haven't confirmed that he made a deal with Twitch. 
to do as a permanent like streamer with them. Yeah. So they're working on those deals. So, but that's carrying numbers like that says a lot though for him. And but he has a, he's been, he's been streaming for and competing for a while for years prior because he started with I think uh, I'm trying to think what he started with I think Halo I think he started with it's like he's been playing like competitive gaming for a while for a long time so I find the the, the whole practice fascinating to me as far as Twitch in general like watching people play type thing me the reason I say that is um. I get the whole because I, I I mean with photography, I love looking at behind the scenes with photographers looking you know doing their photo shoots or whatever. But yeah. the reason I love doing it is because I like to learn from it. And as far mm-hmm. as practices stuff like that, like it always fascinates me with gaming because you don't you know obviously this you're not really learning. I don't feel like you're learning as like the like if they had a camera to his hands while he's playing. I think some of them. I don't know if his setup is like that, but I know there's other streamers that have. A second camera mm-hmm. on the, either the keyboard and mouse, or if they're using console or a controller, mm-hmm. that's pointed, so you can see that they're actually playing the game while doing it. Because yeah. a lot of players, some players or a few players, have been called out on it. They're like, "Oh, that's not you playing. There's somebody else playing. It's just you're just the face of it." Mm. So, but um, I think his entertainment factor. I guess um, he's he's very energetic and very animated, so I think that's what keeps his commentary. Watch, maybe commentary too. That's, with it. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why it's hard for me to fathom it because it's not really about the playing; it's about him playing and yeah. whatever he says. While and he's I was playing. reading something, and it was very interesting. Mm. Was that people that start would start streaming mm. uh, usually start with zero followers, and they just gradually build, yeah, yeah, build up. And a lot of the things I've read, or not read, but seen people talk about it, because I'm just very interested in the whole streaming aspect of it. It was like, if you're streaming, there's nobody watching you. Pretend there's somebody there. So have vocalized what you're doing and why you're doing it. And then eventually, if people like you, they'll catch on. They'll start watching you. And they yeah, you play bu- for an audience. You play though. for an audience. But then once you start building, then there's people in the chat that will talk to you and you get to have a conversation. Yeah, you play for an audience and you adapt to the one that you have. Yeah. So what the thing was crazy was that once you get to a certain level that sometimes you have like him, you have 60,000 people watching him. Let's say all 60,000 are commenting at the same time. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be able to have a conversation with them. So he has to go back to the original form or just having just talking like there's an audience there. Without actually engaging with them yeah. as closely when he first started, which was like that's very interesting perspective. Well, of- isn't that also like uh, I don't know if you I know YouTube has a formula like that. Like when people pay you money, doesn't that person's comment get pinned? Yeah, that, they, like if somebody gives you twenty bucks, their comments pinned to the top or something. Yeah, they'll, they'll mark it, but you could answer. I don't know how his structure is with mm. it. If it's like, oh, if you pay ten bucks. Yeah. You you're it'll be pinned for like three minutes for me to see it and I can mm. read it. But you know I mean not everybody's gonna pay three bucks. You know what I mean? But uh, you know I mean you 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 start streaming the way you started at the height that he is that sometimes mm-hmm. he won't be able to be engaged into the conversation with this with his uh followers or people that are follow watching him play. But I was just I thought it was very interesting with somebody's perspective with that. But um yeah, so he's back on Twitch. They haven't announced. Uh, he is in talks of maybe going to another platform, or there's always there's also rumor that he might start his own, and then just generate and just build and have like other top streamers or friends of fellow friends of his come along and they'll just build from there. There's so many. I'm commerce- surprised Twitch allows him to come back. Hey, they, it's because they brought people. No, I know? well, okay, this is my whole thing, because. Twitch doesn't operate like a normal platform. Like it's not like YouTube. Like anybody can just have a YouTube and you build up. Like from Twitch, I believe you're you're setting up a contract to be basically uh, like somebody who worked for them, right? Worked for them, they work with you. What type of contract? So because he left the first time, like it would be easy to just be like, you know, we're not gonna let you back in because he just builds up audience and then takes it somewhere else. And maybe he does have an audience that follows him, but I just feel like. If you just if they just said no, you're not gonna come back to this, then he's just stuck with nothing, and he'll eventually lose the audience, and the audience will eventually go where there's still people, which is still Twitch. But yeah, but the only the other two options is either he could go stream. If 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 let's say in the scenario that Twitch says like no, we're gonna ban your account, you cannot stream yeah. through our platform. He still has YouTube, 
And then he definitely has Facebook mm-hmm. that is slowly growing on the Facebook gaming side. So, so he, he, they they were like, it's either we say no to him and potentially lose him. But like you said, he's already looking for the way out. No, there, there's a, that's conversations, but that's only rumors that he might mm-hmm. be looking for something unless Twitch comes up with a a great deal for him. Or maybe you know it's funny. I would be, I would not be surprised if Twitch in the second contract with him. Um, amended it so it's more exclusivity, like yeah, like it was like you're you're exclusive to us for the next five years, or no, like what they he doesn't realize something like that he signed up, like okay, cool, that's fine, you can go. I mean, sorry, you can come here, but when you go, just understand whatever username you use is ours permanently. You can never go by that name anymore, or whatever. So you can't take it to another. Company. Oh, you can take Ninja the name. So they Ninja. take they take his name, and then he can't Wait, use it. He'll probably change to like Ninja One. He can, but it's still it's still difficult. That's what I'm saying. You when you brand it, when you brand yourself, that's the name people look for. Period. Yeah. So, but um, this is all interesting. But um, and I'm so really surprised. Facebook, Facebook's always trying to jump into other markets and like kind of take it over, or so they don't lose from it. So I'm surprised they they didn't offer him initially the money to start their own like Twitch well, type network. Facebook took over Mixer, so he could have took yeah. So then why? So Mixer's gone, though, you said. And the Mixer's gone, but they made it. So a lot of the, the so what happens with the people that have Mixer accounts, mm-hmm. it's either they, once they end, you no longer have a Mixer account. You mm-hmm. can switch, it'll sw- transfer over to your Facebook, mm-hmm. like a Facebook gaming page. Or you could just completely get out of it, and then you go wherever you want, which would be either YouTube or Twitch. Yeah. So they have that option. So that's what it was okay. with that. All right, and then other news. Something that came out today, yeah, what's it up? dropped at one o'clock. Was um, Street Fighter Capcom did their did their season two release? So they're releasing, I think, if I'm not mistaken, four characters within a two year span, a year and a half span. So this is not a new rendition of the game this is just the same game with an expansion yeah same game with so yeah so what they're having with um like winter of 2020 so winter mm-hmm. this year they're gonna get dan um they're gonna get a new stage and new costumes uh new battle mechanics and new battle balances with okay. it so a lot of either some characters are gonna get nerfed or buffed mm-hmm. so that's gonna happen then they have spring 20 uh, 2021 they're gonna have rose a rose stage and uh professional costumes Mm. For other players, uh, for summer of 2021, they're going to have Oro and um, Akira from um, Akira from uh, Rival School. And they're going to have one of her stages. And then fall of 2021, they're going to have they haven't announced who's that last um, the last character to be released. Mm-hmm. So it's a mystery character. But the thing is, there was a lot of um, what this one is that a lot of the times when they have. When they're releasing a season with new characters, they usually have they're already far into development mm-hmm. that you're able to see gameplay of them on the current platform. Yeah. So here, because there was a lot of talks of, of a Street Fighter Six, and there was a uh, I don't know what was the internal issues that were going on with it. Mm-hmm. So I felt like this was rushed. This this new season, because supposedly season four was supposed to be the last season. But I guess they announced it a few months back that they're gonna have released in season five. But a lot of like the only one that they showed um, gameplay from was Dan that gets released on this year, winter mm. of this year. But even in the description where they were showing the the scenes, they were saying um, game uh, his character is still in development, so it's not fully developed yet. Okay. So it feels like a lot of these characters, even though uh, like Dan, Akira, Oro, that I do want to play. They're being well. They have a year out, but like they're being rushed. The, I don't know if they've flushed out the idea of how they wanted it. Yeah. So I felt maybe they were like, let's get these four characters, and we'll spread them out, sprinkle them throughout the next year. Yeah. So the last character that we released for the last season ever for this game is like an ultimate character, like a somebody that everybody's been wanting. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I have my predictions, but I'll keep it to myself. But yeah, so it felt like the gameplay was rushed. I uh, and and I think they're going the right route. But I want to see what the next season or the next game of Street Fighter is going to be. That's my thing with it. So I'm not. I'm like, oh, 
I like the characters. Jen was good. Uh, Akira from Rival Schools. So, um, yeah, that was with Street Fighter. Do you think? What do you think the next? Because um, when it comes to the fighting, the fighting game community, obviously, we know a lot of people in that community. I always wonder what the next level to that is, right? You know, because obviously, you know, better graphics, which they're amazing graphics at this point, and movements and stuff like that, and more. I know the argument's always uh, automa- more automated uh, gameplay versus uh, more manual gameplay. Oh, like auto like combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what the next what the next step would be in those kind of things where it's like to make it more competitive or to make it, I guess, more desirable. I, I just, I, I always think like stuff like that just because I, I love those games. But, yeah. And I know everything has to progress somewhere else. So I'm just always wondering, you know, yeah. so the thing with the games that have a lot of high, um, manual inputs for combos, mm-hmm. the thing with those is that competitive gamers love it. Because sometimes it's more of a challenge to to do long string combos in a certain sequence, but then it takes away from the the general consumer that is not there competitively. Yeah, they just want to have fun, and then they're sometimes they'll get discouraged because of the situ of having to input so much uh, buttons or sequences to get that combo out. So some so they have to try to find the once in like Street Fighter Four did it well. Street Fighter Five had an issue that uh, there were a lot of easy combos that you could drop into. That competitive gamers were like anybody could beat me if they know this combo that's like a simple input. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. So they, it's like they need to keep it have a balance of like it's entertaining and easy to un- to get into, like a low entry level to get into to enjoy it. But then it has a very high learning curve. That the p- competitive side mm-hmm. works on diligently and every day to perfect. So it's finding that balance as like it's easy for somebody to come in at any time and enjoy it, mm-hmm. but also also um, high level um, learning curve, a high uh, learning curve that the competitive side is more appreciative because they're putting effort into it. So okay, think about you. Well, tell me what you think about this this idea. I literally just come up. Um, so I know that most gameplay, especially with the the fighting scenes and the battle stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's um, uh, each move is 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 based on a certain amount of power, right? Power, speed, recovery, stuff like that. So what about if you were to add specification to that as far as a uh, calculation? So basically, uh, and also battle damage. So like if I there's a is a move with a high power source and maybe a you know, low recovery, but yet that move specifically targets, you can target either arm, legs, or something like that. So then the other, so basically you start targeting body parts that actually have battle damage in the fight. So like, like like I basically take, go for a specific leg. um, And although you're a better fighter, but every time I target you, I target that specific leg. So to basically hopefully, Disable that leg and give me an advantage in the fight, even though you're a stronger fighter. That could be that would be more of a 3D game. Like Tekken could be able to accomplish that. That's an idea. No, 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 no. I'm saying Tekken would be able to accomplish that because yeah, yeah. They, they play on a three 3D plat uh, uh, platform. Yeah. So there, there's always three dimensionals, and you could you could like um, Tekken. You could punch with the left leg, right leg, however mm-hmm. you want to kick or punch. You could choose the leg you want to do it. Yeah. To. The the issue with like two D games or two two point five D games like Street Fighter, Dragon Ball is like you can't the stance is the stance. So unless you know how to switch the stance, but then that's all different um auto, um animation to affect mm-hmm. that. I don't know if that's gonna be able to to uh, receive as I'm hitting the leg, then well, I mean, hit boxes. That's what I was gonna say. Hit boxes are specific. So like, but hit boxes on two D is just a, a box. Exactly, and and it doesn't it doesn't tell you like I'm hitting the leg or I'm either hitting low, mid, or high. Okay, but it doesn't be like I'm hitting the left leg, or I'm hitting the right leg. That would be a lot of information input that would have to be processed, just to be like I'm kicking, but in hopes that I'm going to kick that left leg. No, but I mean I just think about the strategic nature of it. Like, 
Yeah, it would uh, be and, a very high that, complex uh, game that to, well, to I mean, it's, high, it's complex to the people who know how to use it. No, yeah, but for I'm anybody saying, else, it would just be smashing buttons and and damage. Yeah, but that would just be an extra. T- like, cause think about it. Like, how many people before I learned the when somebody told me the hitbox thing, I didn't know what the hell that was. And then all these different strategies, they're there. They're always there. They're always a calculation for somebody who knows how to use them. However, they're still able for somebody who does just a smash button to be able to enjoy that. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's just like that person might not be aware. Let's say somebody who really likes to use a sweep kick doesn't realize they're damaging a very specific part of the the, the, the other yeah. player to the point where that that hurt that benefits them. They might not know it. They just keep on getting yeah. smash buttons. Yeah, that's that could be an added feature going beyond what they have now. It'll just be very complex to create. Oh, to, I, yeah, I, I come up with ideas. I don't make. Them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. The last topic yeah, of uh, before we go into the Knicks' corner review is um, DC fandom released their teaser trailer today. Tell me about teaser. It was it was it, it was a forty me. second teaser. And no, 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 I'm saying, but it was just, it it teased me too much. But continue. It teased you too much. Yes. So with and I was looking at it and it was showing frame by frame mm-hmm. of like the little because it it opens up to like a big massive stadium. And has like these big, huge pillars and like signs and, uh, and screens on the side, on each side. And they were just showing clips of things that they might present. So we already confirmed from the teaser is that I know they're going to have uh, Flash, um, Supergirl, mm. and a lot of the CW TV cast are going to be there and then do announcements of either character development or season mm. development that they're looking into. Mm. Um and it looks like they're going to do a, another trailer for the Sny- Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And they're going to do a teaser trailer for Mortal Kombat because Bar- uh, Baraka was on the right-hand side mm-hmm. across from Justice League. And I saw Superman, and there was Superman, Justice League, then Wonder Woman, and then across from it was uh, Aquaman, Baraka, and then I think it's the animated just uh, t- um, uh, teen, uh, teen Titans on the right-hand side of that. So I don't know if there's going to be an announcement for that, but it does see the two main ones. It's going to be... You think they're going to bring back the original animated Teen Titans? It was like an elbow, and it, it was animated. It was mm-hmm. a cartoon, so I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who that was. I'm trying to think, and I haven't fully... I only saw it like twice. I never get it. I never fell in love with the new one. I... I and I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be nostalgic in the sense like I want to see the old animated version of it. I just, I just could never get into the new one. It was, yeah. it was too cartoony. Yeah. But well, um, from my understanding, those are the two main trailers that they might be releasing. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying that this isn't be like, like spectacular over the top. But the thing is, only 24 hours is a like, Comic Con was a four day. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, so five uh, like a five day event. Mm-hmm. This is in one day on August twenty second. Mm-hmm. This is all going to happen in, on Saturday. It's all going to be a single day event of everything going on. So I don't know if they took some information from or looked at what Comic Con did mm-hmm. because this is considered their first official trailer teaser or their first teaser. Well, maybe didn't Comic Con have it where it's like it's continuously playing? So like. If I go to one uh, place and they're playing a re- like a replay of a conversation that was had at this time and that time, whatever, you can replay it. Yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this is just a one-time run of everything. Yeah, so you have to catch it. But I don't know if they're gonna have moderators or they're gonna be have able to. If it's gonna be like a live stream, because mm-hmm. a lot of the ones on Comic Con, they were. They were having a lot of technical issues because a lot of the other bigger panels got canceled because mm-hmm. of technical issues and other other things uh, behind closed doors. But um, this one, I don't know. I'm not sure. I would like it to be live stream because mm-hmm. it gives the opportunities for fans to come in and ask questions that somebody with the moderator are able to pick up questions and ask because then that that's more of a interaction with the fans and the panel or whoever panel it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So because Comic Con didn't do that, everything was like pre recorded. Yeah, yeah. And the moderator as had their list well, of Well that's questions. why I said it was such a teaser for me because the the one thing that, that kept on 
said out to me about that uh, that quick teaser trailer was the people. They kept on showing like these little people walking uh, into an event, walking around, walking into an event. I'm like, and that's the one thing I've been advocating for, which is like, why don't they just uh, create that world? Uh, they, I mean. Literally, just take the software from another company that already exists, whatever, like what's that, World of Warcraft? Blizzard. Or is anything else like that, and just have people go through com- like this event rather than, you know, obviously killing orcs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on. So I'm excited. I want to see what this Mortal Kombat trailer mm-hmm. is going to be. Brock looked kind of funky a little bit, but it was a quick scene. Yeah. So I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I'm gonna probably watch it a couple more times just to see and see other people's uh, breakdown of it. Do you think they're hyping uh, the whole Schneider thing too much? Because uh, I'm excited about it, but it just <coughs> felt like it's being they did promoting the, and they did release like, the logo of the new Suicide Squad movie. Oh, they, the one that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. It was like a I think it was like a yellow box and it said Suicide Squad, but they just released an image of what the logo is for the mm-hmm. new movie. But, yeah, they're going to do that. I think they might do, like, a teaser for Suicide Squad, Snyder Cut. I think they're really pushing on that because that's But that, that's the funniest part of all. The, the only reason even Snyder Cut existed, exists now, is because people demanded it. But technically, the company that is releasing it is the company that held it back in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just a weird dynamic that's coming to something. Like, they're second-guessing themselves. Like, yeah, we messed up, but here it goes. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just It's so weird. Yeah, I, I've never seen this done before. Yeah, it's it's it is super weird, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens on August twenty second. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break and come back with Nix's corner review. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nix's corner review. Wow, all right, Nick, what movie do we have this week? All right, so the movie we got this week is, um, especially in the spirit of, like, schools reopening. This month? Soon. Yeah, yeah, pretty soon. Um, uh, this one has been on my mind a lot. It's uh, it's called Bad Education, and um, this movie is starring uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, Alyssa Janney, uh, Ray Romano, like, you know, Alex Wolf. It has a pretty... Decent cast. Yeah, even in the secondary roles, it, the, the cast is like, it's really good. Um, so just to give you a quick breakdown, basically it's a, a movie about a Long Island uh, superintendent and his assistant. Um, you know, this is kind of like, I believe this is based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, it's about, it's, it's, it's a lot of scandal. And the source of scandal is actually the most interesting part, I believe. Although a lot of networks picked up on it, uh, I think the, the person who, this is a huge, huge scandal that originally got broke by a like student, student yeah, yeah. Um, student who released a story. So it, that's that's an interesting part in that dynamic as well. So it was a it's an interesting movie, different than obviously stuff that we've we've probably talked about in the past because this is uh, based on a true story. And you know, on initial viewing, it kind of seems like a very just dry movie, I guess, yeah. because it's. You know, especially movies like that that are based on real life and they're more about scandal than like adventure intrigue. Yeah. Um, but it was it was compelling. Like it was slow paced, but I still found myself super interested in a lot of what was going on. Um, but before I really get any more into it, then, uh, let me hear what you thought about it. Uh, I thought it was. All right. It was entertainingly boring. <laughs> That's how I would put it. Okay. Um, all right. So the the best way I could think about it was this reminded me of a movie called Shattered Glass. Okay. I've, I don't know if you've seen it. It's with. Um, I'll spoil that movie. No, no. I, I, it sounds actually familiar. It's, I'm just it's a first. I think it's the first movie that Hayden Christensen did after yeah. Star Wars. I know of it. I never saw it though. Okay. So this one. Same. It's a it's a scandal, mm-hmm. but he instead of embezzling, he falsified all his stories. Mm-hmm. And this was they were and like the magazine called I think it was called I forgot the name of the magazine, but they were considered the the in flight magazine of Air Force Ones, meaning they have a lot of the a lot of the p- pieces that they wrote 
influence maybe policies or politicians mm-hmm. or uh, other people of high of high uh, seating authority in and po- in politician and yeah, politics. Yeah. Sorry, blah blah blah, in politics. But it was like it's it was a slow paced movie that you're like you're anxious to see what happens, and that one did a way better job than this one. Like the the anticipation and like the urgency of seeing what the outcome was and everything the other person that had to struggle through or obstacles he had to try to overcome to hide everything he was doing yeah was more engaging and I was more invested in it mm-hmm. in Shattered Glass than this one. Okay, it was. It, I think this was a very as though they were both true stories. This one was very straightforward, and it was like blah. I'm like, okay, I didn't, I don't feel, I didn't see any urgency of trying to, mm. like, whatever they were trying to cover up, cover up. It was like it's out there, okay. Like, they, I didn't feel like there was no urgency. So, this is what I will say. Like, I felt this was, this is where we kind of differ in the sense. I didn't think it was blah. Like, I think it was slow pace, but I don't think it was blah. The reason I say that is because you. You're comparing it to Shattered Glass, which I, which I understand. Honestly, I was comparing it to, like, this is like a, I feel like more like a live action version of Needful Things. Okay. Do you remember Needful Things? A little bit. Needful Things is about basically the devil um, opening up a little pawn shop in the middle of the small town. Oh, uh, okay. Right? So the reason I thought that is because I didn't care about... The scandal, the scandal was there, and I think obviously that that the whole point was that it was going to be outed. But what I found more interesting was the character uh, of Hugh Jackman's character. That's the reason I, the whole movie seemed compelling to me, it, because I noticed like he was always a great person in a sense, right? He was always willing to help. He knew who you are. He was considerate to who you are. You know, he uh, was always, you know, helpful advice, you know, inspiring, all that stuff. He never, he rarely broke that character. But then you realize, because, uh, um, you know, at one point, basically, like, he, he's, a, he's a sociopath. Like, you think about it, the reason I say that is because um, he knew exactly what to portray and people loved it to the point where that's why he can do, he did whatever he was able to do because... They just, he was always engaging. He was, he, he was always likable. He, he was, was gave likable. them what they wanted and without realizing they were giving up everything in the process. And the thing, the reason I say needful things too is because at some point, and I, I hope it's not a spoiler, it's a live action, it's a real movie, whatever, but he does this thing and I, and I know it for needful, needful things and this is truly an evil move. When you um, have somebody kind of like set aside their moral... Um, like man would do the right thing moral compass moral compass i guess you want to call it um and he inspires them to like and then he tells them a different story of why they shouldn't do it hey you know maybe we shouldn't do this because then this this and this will happen yeah and it seems reasonable and you're like yeah that's fine but then later on you know that kind of character always does the same thing which is like that moral ambiguity that you left behind he throws it in front of you and you're like now you're in his hand and that's how they get you it's like Hey, you know, hey, but that's just this. That's just this little thing. Ah, oh, but you're right. You know, you're right. And then later on, it's like, yeah, but you know something? You ignored that other thing, and now we're in this big thing. So it's on you. Like, it, that's how you trap people. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Basically, the whole movie, I was engaged in who that guy was and how he played people. Yeah. Because he never he never broke character. And that's the thing that caught me the most is, like, there was rarely scenes where you see him become another person. He was just yeah. always... And even even the like the like they, they had a selfish nature of him, like how how he looked and stuff yeah. like that. But I noticed he never came off as a like kind of selfish person at first. But I realized because he always kind of portrayed it as something else, like uh, you know my doctor or this that or something like that. He always he always made his like habits of being presentable as kind of like he's ashamed of it, like a joke. I don't yeah. know. It just something about the the character really got me. And that's the thing with 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 that movie that closely aligns with Shattered Glass because yeah. the character that Christian Hedenson you have to watch it now you have to watch this movie <laughs> I'm telling you watch it mm-hmm. and then a lot of the mannerisms that he did mm-hmm. in the movie falls super in line mm-hmm. with Bad Education like to the T 
Like he was a likable character. He was very friendly. He was he had a lot of uh, um, obscure knowledge about people about their lives that he would use as to engage in them and create relationships better or, or yeah. reinforce their, engage, uh, their relationship with them. Yeah. And he did that in Christian Hayden's character and he never broke character. And you, once you watch you like the way and you know what's funny the way he started it mm. and the way they ended it it was like the same movie on both. How Visually and how the story is being portrayed mm. and told same way on both. And you're like the minute it ended I was like Shattered glass. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Not to take away that this movie wasn't good. It was a good movie. Like overall. again, I, I, I get what it was. I mean, the story itself, it's not that the story was bad or the progression of the story was it, it just didn't feel like um you didn't feel like a clock ticking type yeah. type scenario. Which I get that. I, but I guess I was so engaged with um Hugh Jackson's character in regards to how he was and how he approached people, like even the people that I feel like uh, threatened him the most. I felt like I was like, "Oh man, you're gonna see, you're gonna see teeth now." No, he was very like, yeah, very polite. But then there were like little things that you're like, "Oh, like that's what I'm saying." That's the he scariest like, part. He was like them. threatening with a smile. Yeah, but that's that's a that w- that's the scariest ones. Yeah, somebody who can do something like that and not make you feel threatened, but you feel threatened. Like, yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, like it's a good character piece in regards to him. So in that case, I would definitely give it a. Um, um, three and a half Nikki's. I give it a two. Okay. No, I get it. No, Trust no, no, me. no. I know. It's 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 one of those movies that where like it kind of depends on who watches it and how they get yeah. engaged. Yeah, and them, you know what it was. I think I feel that if I've never watched Shattered Glass, I would have enjoyed this more. Mm-hmm. But because it 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 was so much aligned mm-hmm. that I had a I, I'm like, all right, Shattered Glass was a good movie. That one I would give it three and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, three and a half Nikki's on that movie. And I was like, this was, it was like literally the ident- different story, uh, different type of scandal, everything different. But the way it was told was ex- identical to each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, which one was more compelling? And I felt Shattered Glass was. So that's why I was like, uh. But you know, another thing that really got me about this movie was it, there was a part of it that really educated me, which was the power of, not even the power of education, the power of the numbers to a school like basically uh how a school ranks yeah and the power it has to an entire community not like yeah and that's what i was like when they were talking about like there were some parts this is the beginning so it's not really they're talking about like housing prices and stuff like that like because the schools are doing so well and you're like wow like that's a lot of power that's a lot of power for a school to possess to be like well because we're a top school your house now is worth more money you're like that's that is definitely true. It's crazy though, like because yeah, there's, there's, like me and my me and my wife who were looking, we're we're eventually looking for yeah, a house yeah. soon, and a lot of the times we're like we're planning to have kids and everything, and we're like, what is the school? What is what are the grades of the school? What is a the ranking of the school? And we've noticed easily, like if it's a high ranking school, a lot of the houses in that area are mm-hmm. a, a way higher price point than other ones, and that's yeah. because. Families that want to go to top tier schools, so they have their kids get into better education to lead into other lives, and and that's accurate as fuck. It's just scary to me because the reason I say this is because how like then I really that's a temptation for a school to not say fake but push, you know, and not even maybe in a healthy way, but just to push in any kind of way to raise those numbers or even worse, like then if you're a great school and you you perpetuate great students. But then everybody, people, normal people can't afford that area because you've been so good. Yeah. So then now only people that have the money go to your school that have. It's a, it's just a weird dynamic overall. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. It's, so it's, that in that part, I also educational. So I thought that was interesting. So do we 3.5 and I have 3.5. a 2. So what's the average? Like, <laughs> uh, 3.125. Like I would say it's like 2 something. So two, it's like yeah. below below 3. Below like so two, we say, 2.8. <laughs> something like that but like, you know we could put 2.8 2.75 whatever 2.75. so it's below three so Just like an average three. watch shattered glass It'll, that number will lower that's your that's your that's your homework for the weekend watch shattered glass you know what we're gonna come back next week and we're gonna get nick's nick's a single review on shattered glass on top of whatever other movie we're gonna watch which is jojo rabbit 
next week we'll be reviewing. Oh, that was a pro- I was so happy to see that on yeah, HBO. Yeah, so Go, now we already know what because you usually planned what was like during the week what we're gonna watch. We saw this release. We're like we're watching this. No, definitely. I love that. Love that uh, the director. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nerds in the City. And if you always want to send us an email and let us know what you like to hear or conversations or movies you want us to watch and review, you can email us at nerdsinthecitypodcast at gmail.com. And as always, everyone, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. All right, everyone. See you next week. Later. Later.